by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. Well, I'm Pastor Guy and I welcome you here today. You're in the right place. God is going to speak to you. God has a word for you. God has a plan for you. God's going to empower you to be who you were created to be, to find your identity in Him. Did you know you have an identity in Him? You may think of yourself as this or that, but that's not how God sees you. He sees you through that blood. He sees you through the blood of Jesus. And you have a new identity now. We're going to talk about that today. Let's go to the Lord. Jesus, I yield to you. Speak through me your words, your plans, your purposes. Speak through me today and and connect your words to these hearts. Strengthen, encourage, embolden. Your word brings life and health to all our bones there's those that are in the hospital right now we speak healing there are those here that are suffering from this or that there are those here who are fighting against cancer but we know that your name is above every other name that is named far above all rulers and principalities Your name, Jesus. So we speak the name. We take the identity. We apply the blood. And we walk in the fullness of the covenant. We're free. We're healed. We're whole. We're no longer under a shroud of depression or oppression. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, and we say, and we declare, amen. Whew. Something strange is happening today. I've just felt something in my spirit since I've been here. We was playing that second song. Now, we rehearsed those songs, and, you know, I've been playing guitar for 40, 45 years. And I went to play whatever little solo I had during that second song in the key that we were in. And it sounded like I was playing in the wrong key. I'm just telling you, I don't know where, where this is going, but I was playing and it was like, this ain't fitting. This doesn't fit. I know we're in G and I'm playing in G. I've never had that happen. I know those notes are supposed to sound right in that key. You go back and listen to it. It was horrible. And I'm like, what? And I kept trying for a minute, and I just said, okay, whatever. Maybe I wasn't supposed to play there. I've never had that happen. That's strange. Maybe the Lord will reveal why. Maybe it's too much of me. I don't know. How many of you would like to say, I must decrease and he must increase? 
I don't even want to be seen. I want him to be seen. How about you? Wouldn't that take a lot of pressure off of you if you didn't have to be seen? You didn't have to be, you didn't have to have a reputation. What if your reputation was, she belongs to Christ. You can tell she loves Jesus or he loves Jesus. Wouldn't that be awesome? We take that pressure off of ourselves. Some of us are carrying heavy loads we were never meant to carry. He says, cast your cares over on me for I care for you. Proverbs 28.1, we'll start there today. Says the wicked run away when no one is chasing them. But the godly are as bold as lions. The wicked run away, they're scared of their shadow. Why? Because they expect somebody's out to get them. They're paranoid. They're on, on the wacky weed. <laughs> yeah. they're, on, they're scared somebody's out to get them. They can't drive by the popo without getting scared. Right? I remember those days. I remember those days. But no more. I'm not afraid of the popo. I'm as bold as a lion. I got nothing to fear. What about you? Are you bold as a lion? Let me hear you roar today. <laughs> now, where does a lion's roar come from? Have you ever heard one at the zoo? They'll scare you. It's like I didn't believe how loud they were. It, it comes from deep within us. Like, like they work it They start that number there, but it's like 10 times, 20 times as loud. That's why you ask my family when we go to the zoo, I just sit by the lion's cage the whole day. They'll be walking around looking at the monkeys and stuff, and I'm at the lion's cage waiting for them to roar. And that's what the bold do. And where does their boldness come from? Within. It's not what you look like on the outside. It's who Christ made you on the inside. That's where our boldness comes from. Did y'all know that the Waffle House has a jukebox? The Waffle House has a jukebox, and not only that, they got their own songs on there. They got some of the latest and greatest, but they got the Waffle House Shuffle on there. It's one of the songs. At least they used to. My daughter Kaylee, when she was five years old, that was her favorite restaurant. And I took her to Waffle House one time. She wanted to play the Waffle House Shuffle, you know. She always asking for quarters to put in the jukebox. But I was newly saved, you see. And I was wanting to speak into my daughter's life. I wanted her to, to be a Christian, understand what it meant. All these things that I'm trying to explain to you today, right? And so we were sitting there, and I was giving her my, my sermon about how we're supposed to tell others about Jesus, you know, and how we're supposed to share our faith, and basically how we're supposed to be as bold as lions. And all she could think about, Daddy, give me a quarter. Give me a quarter, Daddy. Give me a quarter. Let me place the jukebox. And I was like, kids, they don't get it. They don't get it. And I was, you know, about to pull out my strong concordance and tell her how she was wrong. And <laughs> Y'all know me, I'm a little overboard. And so, I, but especially when I was a new Christian, man, I was, I was hammering her, you know. We, we got to be bold and we got to be strong. And then all of a sudden, she looks up and she says, Daddy, go tell them about Jesus. And I looked over my shoulder, 
and it was a whole, what do you call them, a whole booth full of long-haired, loud-mouthed bikers. <laughs> Fringe hanging off their jackets and all this number, you know, and that long hair and missing teeth, the whole nine yards, you know, looked like the Hells Angels sitting in that booth. And, and I thought real quickly to myself, I said, oh, yeah, here, Kaylee, here's that quarter you wanted. Why don't you go play the Waffle House Shuffle? While I, and I thought to myself, while I sit over here and shuffle. And so she jumped up, she's excited, she grabbed that quarter and went to play the jukebox. And, I, and I'm not going to lie, I thought to myself, thank you, Lord, that, uh, you know, maybe she won't think about it again. Because I, I started to quake in my boots at the thought of it. Here, I'm telling her how we are to witness, but she's telling me I are to witness. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and I'll never forget what happened. She come back, and she put the quarter down on the table. And she says, Daddy, give them this money when, when you tell them about Jesus. Nice. <laughs> Boy, I was doing the Waffle House Shuffle. What makes us afraid? Why do we get scared in this life? Because we know who we are. Man, we're like that solitary figure under that glass bowl. We know our reputation. We know what's going on in our mind. We, we know how fearful we can tend to be. We know we put it on this exterior like we got it all together, but we know we don't, right? Am I the only one? But what makes us bold is when we know who he is. When we have him on the inside and we recognize who he is, then we become bold as lions. Brian Orme said this. He said, we can't help but be bold and confident when we know who we are in Christ. Many say knowledge is power, but that's wrong. Fearlessness is power. Who cares what you know if you don't do anything with it? Man, somebody ought to tell the American church that. Because we have more knowledge now than in the history of the world. The average person sitting in the American pew has more Bible knowledge than the preachers in bygone ages. Most of you have more biblical knowledge than the, the pastors that I get a chance to speak into their life over in Pakistan. But yet they're winning their nation for Jesus. And we're sitting here afraid. What did we talk about last week? God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power. Power. Love, and love is the motivating factor and a sound mind. We got to know what we believe, but we also got to know in whom we have believed. That's where the fearlessness comes in. He goes on. He says, our intellect is not bold. It wants to be comfortable, and it likes control. The Holy Spirit is the one who takes us into the realm of boldness. The Holy Spirit is the one prodding you to be better, to be stronger, to, be, to, to identify differently. He says we are humbled 
in a place the Holy Spirit brings us where we are humbled by our weakness and captivated by God's strength. That is a picture of the identity of a, a Christian. We're humbled by our own identity. We, we know that in ourselves we can do nothing. But, somebody say but. But we're not in ourselves, are we? You remember Gideon when he was hiding down in the wine press threshing wheat? Do you know why he was down there? Because the, the Midianites were an invading army that would come through Israel, and on the way, they would just take all the crops. They would burn the villages down. They were just ruthless and mean, hateful. They were stronger than Israel, so they did what they wanted to do. And so if you wanted any food left, you had to hide in the caves, and the Israelites were, were running for their life. It was a terrible time. And why did God let that happen? Because the, peop the people of Israel had turned to the pagan gods to protect them and there's no God but one. There's only one true God, and, and they had gotten out from underneath his protection. And God had taken his hand off the Israelites, and now the Midianites were showing them that, hey, we're stronger than you. And so little Gideon's hiding and threshing enough wheat to get a meal for his family, you know. And it says, the angel of the Lord. And you know when it says the angel of the Lord, many times, most times I believe it means a pre-incarnate Jesus Christ when he would come to the earth and the angel of the Lord. Because if you read the chapter, you'll see it speaks of him as the Lord, the angel of the Lord. So the angel of the Lord comes up, sitting there while he's threshing. He says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. Gideon turns around, and I imagine he thinks to himself, who's he talking to? Who's he talking to? You mighty man of God. So he says, now you know who you're talking to, right? I'm the least one in my clan, and my clan is the least in my tribe, and our tribe is the least in the, the nation of Israel. I'm like the least mighty man of valor in the whole nation is what he's saying. He's arguing with the Lord. I'm, you're, you got the wrong guy. And if God, if the angel of the Lord showed up and spoke to some of us, we'd tell him the same thing, the same thing Moses did. You got the wrong guy, get somebody else. I, I stutter. But Jesus said, no, no, I think I got the right guy. I'm with you, right? That's all we got to know. Gideon, he was afraid. He was hiding. But the Lord saw a different identity. And he called him something else. And over time, Gideon began to believe what the Lord said about him. And before it was over, he saved the whole nation of Israel. In fact, he had like 30,000 men, I think it was. And, and Jesus even, the, the angel of the Lord said, that's too many. If, if y'all win the battle with that many men, then y'all take credit for it. <laughs> he said, get rid of and so he had them drink the water a certain way and picked the certain ones, got down to 300 men. 300 men, and he defeated the Midianites. Actually, the Lord did it. But he likes to involve us. And he wants to speak to somebody today and let you know that you are a mighty woman or a mighty man of valor. 
You're a great warrior. You and God can defeat all the enemies of the Midianites and the Philistines and, and anybody who comes against. Anything, any obstacle that you have in your life can be defeated with you and the Lord Jesus Christ because he made you more than overcomer in Christ Jesus. Thanks be unto God which gives us the victory in our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you not in the Lord? Have we come to just accept hiding down in the wine press in our life and just holding on while hope the enemy don't catch me down here? Afraid? I think we have. There's a lot of fear in the church today. There's a lot of uncertainty. And it's in the world, yes. But it shouldn't be in the church. We should be different. We should not identify as just little woe is little old me. But we should be saying, I know who my God is. I know in whom I have served. I know he is well able. And he has called you for such a time as this. In Judges 6, 14, it says, Then the Lord turned to Gideon and said, Go in this might of yours. I'm sure he didn't feel like he had any might, right? He felt like a mighty mouse, I guess. But go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? That's the difference. If he'd have just said, go in this might of yours, well, I could understand how Gideon might feel. But he said, have I not sent you? Have you not been sent? Have you not been called? If you've been saved, you've been called according to God's purposes. He's not going to send you out there just to be defeated. You have the victory. It's whose name you come in. Are you coming in your name? Well, I can see why you're cowering down, why you're scared. If I came in my name, I'd be cowering down and afraid too. I think about when David showed up. On the scene that day when the Philistines were across the valley and big Goliath was out there taunting the armies of the living God. Now all of Israel's soldiers were out there. Now they had, they had put on their armor that morning thinking, oh, I'm a big man, I can do this. I'm... But then when that giant started shouting these taunts and curses, then they started thinking, well, I might, maybe, maybe I'll just hide over here behind this rock. Somebody else will get him. Somebody else will get him. That's, one, that's what I see in the church. Somebody else will do it. Somebody else will give. Somebody else will serve. Somebody else will step up because I'm just little old me. And then when David came with his little sack of cheese to give to his big brothers, he said, what are y'all doing? What, why is there nobody here that will fight? He said, I'll fight him. See, he knew who he was in Christ. He'd been, he'd been learning from the smaller battles against the lion and against the bear when he was protecting his sheep. He had just been serving the Lord. But, er, but when you're serving the Lord, when you step into the first phase of your ministry, 
You will grow confidence as you see God will uplift you and hold you as you grow in your faith. He said, well, I'll fight this uncircumcised Philistine. He's not one of God's chosen. I am. And King Saul, you know, fleshly thinking Saul, says, here, take my, my armor, my natural armor. David's like, I don't need that natural armor. I got a supernatural coat of armor. I take unto me the whole armor of God that I may be able to stand in the evil day. Having done all to stand, I'll stand therefore. Having my loins girt about with the truth. My feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I got purpose and I got on this breastplate of righteousness. And above it all, I got a shield of faith that will quench all the darts and all the fiery darts of the wicked. Whatever he says, I just I speak to the shield. Amen. I got a helmet of salvation because I know that I'm saved and I'm right with God. And that just gives us great boldness like we talked about last week. And I got, <laughs> I got a sword. It's a two-edged sword. It's sharper than any regular sword. It's called the Word of God. And I'm praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. I'm praying for everybody else too. Man, with this kind of knowledge, this kind of inward identity, I actually believe the Word of God. I believe I can do what it says I can do. I believe I can pray in faith and see mountains moved, cancer removed. Maybe. David said, I don't come in my name, but I come in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. And my God shall cut off your head, Goliath. Feed it to the birds of the air. My God shall do this. His identity was in Christ. His hope was in Jesus. Craig Rochelle says, Real change is not behavior modification, but spiritual transformation. I mean, you can change your habits. That's good. Some of us need to change some habits. If some of us would have took a shower this morning, that would have been a good thing, you know. Put on some deodorant, brush your teeth. You know, you've got habits in your life. That's a good thing. Change those. But really what makes us change is a spiritual transformation. It's what's what we believe. We're called believers, not achievers. It's what we believe is what we become. We've got to change the way we see ourselves. And that will change, that will make the outward transformation. It's, it's the renewal of your mind. Think about that when you want to see a different result in your life. When you want to quit this habit or start this good thing or you want to have the courage to do this. Don't immediately just set about to, to do my willpower. No, set about to plant a different seed. A different thought and let God 
work it from the inside. We have a covenant with God, right? We have God's promises. They're yes and amen. He says yes if we'll say amen. Amen says so be it. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. And we have Christ Jesus. He's always with us. He never leaves us or forsakes us. Only in knowing whose I am can I become who I really am. If I continue to see myself the way they told me I was back in junior high, some of us still holding on to things. I will never change. I will never see the, the real me. Wouldn't it be a shame to live your whole life because somebody else, somebody that didn't know nothing about you, told you something about yourself, you believed it your whole life, and never became the real you. Let somebody new tell you what to do. Who you are. Let that sink in. What if what you're thinking about yourself right now is not the real you? And maybe some of you got some high opinions of yourself. <clears throat> the Bible does say, do not think more highly of yourself than you ought. But, but I don't mean... I mean... Not in the world's eyes. We're not talking about in the world's eyes. What if, you, what if you were to begin to see the, the new you, the new creation that Christ made you? You know, it says, behold, old things were supposed to have passed away when you received Christ. And behold, all things become new. And that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And it may not look anything like the old you. You understand? Probably doesn't look anything like the old you. Joe, I don't even recognize you from six years ago, right? It, I see people at the jails and say, that ain't, is that Joe Madison's little brother or something? Who is that? <laughs> and what if, what if there's supposed to be a transformation taking place within you and you don't even know it? Well, God's trying to encourage you today. That you are his masterpiece, Ephesians 2.10. And you're, he's given you good works to do that he planned for you long ago. God has a plan for your life. What can we not do if we keep our eyes on Jesus is the question. Some of us are like, well, what am I supposed to do? What can you not do if Jesus is asking you to do it? I think about Peter in the boat that day, that night, when the wind and waves was coming in, and they're trying to get to the other side, but the storm is hindering them, and Jesus had went up to the mountain to pray, and they're by themselves out there on the sea. They're scared. And then somebody says, it's a ghost. They thought it was a ghost because you, what else are you going to think? Nobody can walk on water, right? But here comes Jesus walking on the wind and the waves. He says, do not be afraid. It is I. And then Peter, in, all, in the midst of all this fear and anxiety and, and the, the rowing and the, and the bailing and all the activity going on, which is many of our lives, 
That's what many of us are facing right now. Get that bill paid. Oh, we got to get this bill paid. Wait a minute. The kid needs to go to the, the, the doctor. Wait a minute. This, that. I got to talk to the principal. All these things. This noise. Lightning. What if? What if? It strikes me. I see so much. So had this happen. What if it strikes me? I can't see the light. It's so dark out here. We're living in a dark and a violent world. I'm trying to throw you a lifeline. And Jesus is walking on the water. And there was only one person in the boat. We, we make fun of Peter because he sank. But he walked on the water first. There was only one person in the boat that thought, well, if Jesus is doing it, he's my Lord. He said, I'm supposed to learn from him. I'm supposed to do like him. The works that he does, greater works than these shall I do. What if Jesus called me to come to you on the water? Jesus said, come on. Come on, son. But you got to get out of the boat. You got to get out of the boat. Faith has to take the first step. And Peter got out of that boat and he was walking on the water. What is it we can't do if we keep our eyes on Jesus? Well, that's a good sermon today. Yeah, I heard Pastor said that was some good stuff. And then we go back and we look at our situation and we forget everything that was said. And we say, well, that applies to somebody, but it don't apply to me. I'm not getting out of the boat. But he got out of the boat and he walked on the water. And then the wind and the waves, we know the story. He looked away from Jesus and then he began to sink. Well, that's what happens if you get your eyes off of Jesus and you start thinking it's me doing it. You start back looking at yourself. You start back looking at the situations again. And fear enters in. Fear is like the kryptonite to faith. But what happened? Instantly Jesus was there and picked him up. He said, why did you doubt? Why did you ha have so little faith? Just encouraged him. But you did it, Peter. You did it. If you, if you feel like you're sinking, just get your eyes back on Jesus. But, but somebody's got to get out of the boat in this generation. Because I don't want to be in the boat when Jesus says, Oh, you of little faith. I don't want to be in the Oh, you of little faith boat. I don't know. It's just thought. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. What can you not do with your eyes on Jesus? 2 Corinthians 3.12 says, Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We ought to be very bold. Can I hear a roar of a lion in here? I'm hearing the startings of that roar. I'm starting. He's starting to chest start. You heard him? Anybody been to the zoo? He's working it up. We're working it up. God's trying to work it up in you. 
Look at your neighbor and say, work it out. Work it out. Get your bold on. <laughs> now, Peter was nobody special. He hadn't always been bold. I mean, I think after that I heard a cock-a-doodle-doo where he had just denied the Lord three times. There was, there was times when Peter was bold, and there was times when Peter was not. I think his personality was to be bold. And some of us have bold personalities, and, and that's good. But that's not what I'm talking about. That's not. There goes that music again. <laughs> They're like the clampets when they used to. Never mind. cook us up a mess of golf eggs or something. I don't Some of y'all don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Anybody ever watched the Beverly Hillbillies? Yeah. Me? Where was I at before I interrupted myself? Okay. P Peter had a bold personality. That's good. But I'm not talking about having a bold personality. I'm talking about having a no-so faith. I'm talking about having a bold heart. Look, there's been many times when I just stepped out for Jesus' sake, and I didn't know if it was going to happen, and I didn't really have the faith to step out, but I just did. Sometimes I f fell on my face and stuff, you know. Because God didn't ask me to do something, I made mistakes. But you know, he was always right there to pick me up when I made a mistake. And I'd rather be bold and miss it than timid and in the boat and never get out. We only get one life. He's going to be right there to pick you up. You think he's going to get mad at you if you fail? But as you grow in your faith, you learn how to hear his voice, you learn his will, then you're going you're to begin to roar like a bold lion. Josiah, in the Bible, he became king when he was eight years old. King of Israel. Can you imagine? Them putting a crown on your head and whatever you say goes at eight. Man, I wonder what his diet must have looked like, but To be honest, King Josiah, by all indications, he should have been a horrible king. His grandfather was Manasseh. He was the most evil king that the Bible records, I believe. I mean, they still talk about the evil king Manasseh. He was just wicked. He turned the nation from God. Desecrated the temple. Just did every amount of evil that you could think of. Not just, not just wickedness and killing folks he wanted killed and just, you know, regular fleshly evil. But I'm talking spiritual evil. Just a wicked man. Like Jezebel and who was her husband? Um, Ahab. He was just like Ahab. But maybe worse. And then Manasseh had a son, Ammon, who became next king. He was Josiah's dad. But he only lasted, I think, 18 months. And they, they killed him. They just, we, we can't keep going down this path. There's only so much we can take. 
They assassinated Ammon. And that's why Josiah became king at such a young age. But his parents, his, his, his dad and his granddad just left the worst legacy ever. And you'd think seeing this and the kingdom all around him being corrupted by this, the people, you know, were just, just as bad. The nation was gone astray. But King Josiah decided to follow the Lord. By the time he was 18, he began to rebuild the temple of God. Got rid of all the Asherah poles and all the, the uh, high places and all the things, places that the evil people would worship their false gods. And in the temple they found the word of God, which had been hidden for many, many years, and the people weren't reading it and didn't know it, didn't even know it existed. They brought it to King Josiah and said, Look what we found in the temple! It's the Word of God. And Josiah read it. He instituted the Passover again. He made the people listen to it. He went whole hog for God. A man who became king at eight years old with everything stacked against him. If he can be bold for God, can't we? And I look at the youth that we have in our church, Addison, and Christian, and Laylee, and Ella, and what, what's your name? Huh? Brooke? Brooke. Do you know how difficult it must be for them to stand up for Jesus in this generation that they're living in? It almost seems impossible. I mean, do you want friends? Do you want to fit in? What else does a teenager want? You want to be liked? I mean, everything in their DNA and their hormones going on right now says, I want these things. I want to be accepted. I want to, just like you do, but intensified. But yet in their teen years, they are standing up for Jesus Christ. Just Last Wednesday that we had a service, Christian preached a 10-minute message here. 18 years old. He's on the leadership council of all of Horn Lake or Mississippi. What is it, Christian? What, what is it? Mayor's Youth Council. Do you stand up for Jesus in the Mayor's Youth Council? You stand up for Jesus in everything you do, don't you? He says, of course. And here we are with all this knowledge, this biblical knowledge that we have. And many of us are cowering down in the boat, afraid to speak the truth of God's Word, afraid, afraid to even let people know that we believe. And we got these little King Josiahs. Now, we, we have our own Josiah, J-E-S, he, he preached two Wednesdays ago too, <clears throat> but he always gets mad when I call him Josiah by accident. He says, it's Josiah. Well, Josiah, it ain't such a bad thing to be called Josiah. But maybe you'll make Josiah known as well. But what are they going to say about you? Are they going to say, 
when the storms hit, man, they really, it just crushed them. They couldn't even row anymore. They just sat in the bottom of the boat and cried. Couldn't get them to bail. When Jesus walked by, they just thought he was a ghost. They, didn't, they was afraid of him too. They were afraid to try. That ain't us. That ain't your real identity. No, you are as bold as a lion. You, because Christ lives on the inside of you. And our God ain't scared. Our band used to play it. No, I don't even need to tell that story. You remember that fellow used to say, you ain't scared, are you? He'd wake up about the fourth set. He'd been sleeping the whole night in one of the booths, and he'd wake up, y'all jam real hard. Come on now, give it more than that. Y'all ain't scared, are you? Our God ain't scared. Isaiah 45, 19 says, I publicly proclaim bold promises. This is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. He says, I publicly proclaim bold promises. I say it in public. I say it out loud. I do not whisper obscurities in some dark corner. I would not have told these people of Israel to seek me if I could not be found. I, the Lord, speak only what is true and declare only what is right. Our God is bold. He makes bold promises. And he don't send his word and then not perform it. But he needs bold people to ride on those words. To do bold things. To declare those words. To speak only what is right and true. Is he wrong for, for believing that we would be like him? And be bold and not afraid. To expect the same of us as his children. What does boldness look like in your life today? I don't know. Where are you? We're all in different places. Maybe boldness to you would be asking for that promotion that, from that boss you're scared to talk to. Maybe boldness would be the courage to finally start that diet. Lose that weight. And I know you failed in the past and you, you don't even want to try again. And maybe it's to, to go back to college or to, to finish your degree. or to What is boldness? I don't know what boldness looks like. Maybe it's the boldness to tell your flesh that you're the one really in control around here, not you. You don't tell me what to do, flesh. And next Sunday morning when you're talking about let's just sleep late and watch it on TV, you're going to say, no, you're not in charge, flesh. Maybe boldness for you would be the courage to pray over your food in a public restaurant. Or maybe you're afraid to pray in a group out loud. Maybe you're afraid to raise your hands during worship, but the Lord is promising, uh, prompting you to. Take the next step in your, your worship because you know worship is not something, some obscure thing we do in a dark corner. 
Our worship is supposed to draw other people to Christ. They're supposed to see how we adore Him. I'm not ashamed of Him. I don't care what people think. I'm playing to an audience of one. There's only one person that I'm here to please with my life. And it's the one I worship. Maybe somebody needs the boldness in here to finally decide after all these years coming to church on Sunday and living your own way the rest of the week. That I'm going whole hog for Jesus. It's time that my faith was first place in my life. It's time that I made the decision to let him be Lord. I declared him Lord. He did his part. He filled me. Now I'm going to let him lead. And I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I know it's going to mean giving up some things that I've held on to dearly. I like my partying. I like my cussing. I don't like anybody telling me what to do. I don't, I don't agree with some things in the Bible. I don't, they're not up for discussion. And you're thinking, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know. You can. But you have to see yourself in a new way. You have to see yourself as a child of God. You have to. That video was really good because it started off pretty harsh. I'm alone. I'm isolated. I've cut myself off. My sin has shrouded me. Darkness. I feel alone. All these things. Well, if you don't realize who you are apart from Christ, then you don't, then you never step into the fullness. You never have the desire to step over into something so much grander. That's the problem when we witness to people today. We got to get them lost before we get them found. We, we don't just say, well, you need to give your heart to Jesus and get a ticket to heaven. But there was no repentance in their heart. There was, there was, they don't understand how wretched and, and totally depraved that they are and how totally dependent they must be on Jesus. Maybe you need to see yourself the way Jesus sees you and make a bold decision for Christ today. Maybe you have a person in your life or a group of people that you've been wanting to tell about Jesus. You, say, you keep saying, well, I'll do it tomorrow. Well, I'm waiting for the right time. Be bold. Be bold. Stop caring what everybody else thinks. The fear of man brings a snare. Birds are supposed to fly, but fear brings a snare. 
And we're held captive by the fear of what people think. I think I'm going to go through that point again because everybody in here was watching Chad as he came up. <clears throat> it's, the, it's the jersey in it. I know it kind of disgusted me too, but. <laughs> Yankee. But we need to stop caring what other people think. That's not going to be factored in on Judgment Day. In fact, the people who will get the most rewards on Judgment Day will probably be a lot of the people that were hated the most while they were here. They hated Christ without reason. Paul said in Philippians 1.20, and we're about to close, For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will be bold for Christ, as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ, whether I live or whether I die. He's the one who says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. See, if you've already died to the idea of some temporary life, gaining this whole world, then you got nothing to lose. Get out of the boat. See where God will take you see what God can do. I'm going to ask you to just uh, take a seat on this stool for a minute. Somebody get him a stool. I'm sorry, I just ain't ready. I ain't there yet to close. And we might not, might not, we might do something different today. I'm sorry. You good? I got to tell the end of my story. All right. I, I appreciate it. Your willingness. Well, we had a good worship leader, but I run him off. He's, I talked bad about his shirt, and then I embarrassed him. What is your biker gang? You remember my story? I was afraid to talk to that biker gang. What are you afraid of? Kaylee, she set that quarter down and says, give them this money, Daddy, when you tell them about Jesus. And you know what? I talked a good game until then. But now it was time to walk a good game. And I got up, and I walked over to that biker, what do you call it? Booth. The biker booth. And I don't remember what I said, but I told them about Jesus. They didn't kill me or anything. <laughs> and I have learned that most things that we're afraid of, that really seem overwhelming to us, that I could never do that, they're all a deception. They're a thin veil. It's the devil just putting a smoke screen in front of you. It's like knocking on doors. We're going to go in the neighborhood and we're going to tell people about Jesus. And it just, oh, panic and fear sets in. I could never do that. And you do it one time. It's like, while you're doing it, it's like, let's get to the next house. Let's tell the next person. It's like, why haven't I been doing this my whole life? And then six weeks from come again and it's time to go again. And you're like, that same fear comes back. We have to learn to bust through the veil. We have to come on through. And not be afraid. 
And once you step into it, you're going to love it. You're going to love the new you. You're going to love the person, your new identity in Christ. Bold as a lion. I wish I had a music leader to start playing. No, I'm just kidding. It's time to yank the plug on the Waffle House shuffle. Jesus is calling you out of the boat, and it's time for us to roar. So here's what I want to do today. It's a little different, a little different. I want you to stand to your feet wherever you're at. We'll close like this. I'll, I'll pray in just a second and close, but this is what I want you to do for the next minute or two after the service. If you would, if, if you'd play along, is there any bold lions in here? Would, would dare to do what a pastor asked them to do. I know that rebellion's rising up, and I'm not doing anybody tells me. No. There's probably somebody in here that you've wanted to say something to, that, you, that you're afraid to say. But whatever we do, we want to do it in love, right? Whatever we do, I, I don't want anybody fist fighting in here after church. No, if you got some animosity or something to say to somebody or whatever, then check yourself and, and pray over that and, and handle that differently. But maybe there's, some, there's somebody in here and you saying, I've always thought she's so pretty and I just wanted to tell her. Or I, I thought they sing so well. Or I thought, you know, that time that you did this really meant the world to me. Maybe there's somebody in here that you could go to and, and show your appreciation. I, I appreciate you serving and, uh, you know, the children's church or this. or uh, You've always been an example to me. I remember this. Maybe there's something that you could go to somebody and say. Maybe uh, the Lord has given you a word for somebody, and you could step out and say, I feel like the Lord wanted me to share this with you. Maybe you know somebody who's suffering uh, sickness or, or going through something, and you say, can I pray for you? I want us to to just have an active expression of our boldness today. At the very least, at the, if you can think of none of those things or, or any other reason why you would step out and go to a person that you normally wouldn't talk to, find somebody that you don't know in here and go up and say, I just want to introduce myself to you. We hadn't had a chance to speak. My name is so-and-so, and I'm glad you're a brother or sister in Christ. How about that? Could we do that? All right, well, we'll do that after I pray. We'll do that after I pray. Uh, if there's anybody in here that doesn't know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, you don't know that you have a home in heaven, but you want to know, I'm going to be up here in the front, and I'll pray for you, okay? And we'll, we'll talk that over, and we'll, we'll make sure that you have a home in heaven before you leave, and you'll be right with God according to the Word of God. And if there's anybody in here that has sickness or something in their body that they need praying for, I'll lay hands and pray for you, okay? I'll be up here ministering to those who need ministering. But the rest of you, if you would do me this, it's like Jesus when he, he said, come on out, Peter. I want you to get out of the boat, out of your purple pew for a minute today, and go to somebody in one of these ways. The bolder, the better, okay? Can you do that? Let me pray, and then we'll be released, and you can do that. Father, Show us our identity in you. Help us to see the new us 
Help us to not be afraid. Help us to walk in faith and not by fear, not by sight, not by the things we see and the things we don't see, but the things that we know and believe. Father, give us great courage to face this day that we, that we live in. We are your chosen people called for such a time as this. And I declare over these people that we will be bold as lions. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.